0: Elder and a shepherding deacon here in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. Draw us together, eternal one, from paths of aimless wandering. Lead us today toward the community you intend. Draw the fragments of our lives together in some meaningful whole. Help us deal with present concerns in constructive ways, yet point us beyond ourselves to engage with you in larger issues. Help us feel the hunger and the thirst of others. Then lead your church to make a caring response. May your love fill us and overflow into our lives. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise of the glory of God. Will you please stand for the call to worship. (laughs) Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Let us worship God.
1: God is ever more ready to hear than we are to pray, and God is always ready to forgive us when we confess our sin. So let us pray our confession together. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. Forgive what our lips tremble to name, what our hearts can no longer bear, and what has become for us a consuming fire of judgment. Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open to us a future in which we can be changed and grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and imagine through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. God, as always, have heard Our prayers, and God has forgiven us and made us anew. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. children of God, we now affirm our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let us greet one another in Christ's name.
0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms this morning. We're delighted that you're with us, and we're grateful to be greeted by such a beautiful morning this morning. We hope that you will find a chance to connect with others who may be sitting nearby you. We encourage you to fill out the friendship pads, which are at the end of the pews, pass those along to your neighbor, and uh, more importantly, just note those names that are close to you. And also if you have information you'd like for us to know, especially ways by which we can reach out to you and contact you throughout the course of the week and month ahead, we would love to find out what that might be. We are also grateful to have our television audience with us as well and consider them a part of our larger church family. So welcome to all of you out there in TV land. We uh, want to call to your attention a few things that uh, are also mentioned in your bulletin, but just to keep those in mind, we are a church that continues to give in so many different ways. One of the important issues that we seek to address here at Church of the Palms is the issue of world hunger. And you know, many of you know that we include these little red baskets at the uh, doors on the way out on the fourth Sunday of each month to give you the opportunity to Uh, think about perhaps contributing two cents of every meal that you eat uh, to the issue of world hunger. That also helps our food pantry and all of our efforts, other efforts to reach out to the world uh, through many uh, world hunger relief efforts. So think about that and maybe grab a moment with uh, that red basket and uh, contribute in that way. Uh, another way we give is through uh, a ministry called Family Promise. And we are looking forward to in a couple of weeks to uh, again host uh, another group of families who are in our area who do not have a home as of this moment. And we are grateful to have the chance to allow them to use our campus here at Church of the Palms as their temporary home for a week. We host these good folks with meals and with the place to stay and with relationships even more so. And so we invite you to uh, check out Underneath the Tree, the opportunity to participate in that in some way. And uh, we begin that next season of hospitality on May the 8th, so keep that in mind. Immediately, though, you can also give in a very real and certain way uh, through our blood mobile, which is out in the in the uh, church parking lot. So if you would have the opportunity and are able to give a pint of blood, we would love for you to do, that, do so after our service this morning. And this afternoon at four o'clock is the final season concert of uh, the Sarasota Young Voices at uh, four o'clock right here in the sanctuary. You won't wanna miss that. It is always a delight to hear these young women sing, and uh, and a couple of men, too. And so we would love for you to come and join us. It's a free concert, but it's a wonderful way for you to give support to this uh, important extension of our church ministry here at Church of Palms. So we would love for you to do that. Finally another way to give is through our Day of Hope. And Dottie Tile is here today to uh, share with us a little bit about what Day of Hope is about, to give thanks for those who have been a part of that. And Dottie has been our uh, lead person in Day of Hope, and we're delighted to have you here to tell us a little bit about that great opportunity.
2: Good morning. I'm honored again to be the chair for the fifth Day of Hope at the Church of the Palms. The date this year is Saturday, July 23rd. The Day of Hope is a local mission at our church to help 250 of the neediest children and their families get ready for the new school year. The Day of Hope is part of Hope Kids community, with last year 12 churches serving three counties and close to 2,080 children right here in our community. It breaks my heart that many of these children are truly homeless and families are struggling to survive every day just to meet their basic needs. The Day of Hope is by invitation only to students at our local school, Wilkinson Elementary. These students are identified by their teachers, social workers, and guidance counselors. On the Day of Hope, we provide essential school supplies and backpacks, personal care items, gift cards for clothing and shoes, back to school medical exams, dental checkups, haircuts, photos, sheriff IDs, the list goes on and on. And we hope the result at the end of the day is a fun-filled day, lots of smiles, and that we've given them the tools to begin the new school year and succeed. Before I ask you again for your donations for the Day of Hope, I'd like to share just a couple sentences from a thank you letter that we received from the acting principal at wilkinson elementary mr bill muth your day of hope is a wonderful project it supports so many students and their families in our community we are extremely grateful you have partnered with wilkinson elementary i can assure you our students families and school staff are truly appreciative of your efforts. We know with your continued support, you will allow many of our students to have a brighter future. Again, Saturday, July 23rd is Day of Hope, and we do need your donations to purchase the school supplies. We found last year purchasing in bulk through Hope Kids Community made your generous donations go so much farther. We need you to volunteer. There's. Trust me, a job for everybody. And please keep these children and families in your prayers. The Day of Hope will be have a table under the tree to answer questions and with volunteer sign-up sheets. I'm not the only one wearing this shirt today. I have um, some members from the 2016 leadership team here with me today. And if you're here, could you stand? Or if you don't have your green t-shirts, These are the people that are going to. These are the people that will help to make this day happen. And now we have something very special to share with you. It is said that a picture is worth a thousand words. And this video is Day of Hope. Thank you.
3: Anytime a heart turns from darkness to light, anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight, anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served, I know, I know, I know, I know. soul and someone says send me
0: Ministries such as the Day of Hope are led by great leaders, uh, Dottie Tile and her team. Uh, The church is led by great leaders. We go only as far as our leadership goes, and we're grateful today to have the opportunity to ordain and install our uh, elected leaders here at Church of the Palms, our elders and our deacons and our shepherding deacons. And I'd like to invite the elders, uh, the newly elected elders to come forward as well as the newly elected uh, members of the executive team of the deacons as well as the shepherding deacons, which is about half the congregation. So come on forward (laughs) and stand here and uh, look out toward that congregation that just elected you. So come forward, please. Don't be shy. Rub shoulders. You all like each other, right? (laughs) Come on forward a little bit. Wonderful. We rejoice that you have received this call from God's people and from the Holy Spirit to uh, be a part of our leadership here at Church of the Palms. Um, Maybe uh, if we can give some orientation to who you are. Those of you who are the newly elected elders, if you wouldn't mind raising your hands. Excellent, wonderful. And those of you who are the newly elected members of the deacons executive team, if you wouldn't mind raising your hand. And then um, by process of elimination, the rest (laughs) of you are shepherding deacons, but raise your hands as well. Wonderful, wonderful. Give these people a round of applause as they have. As you are uh, elected to be ordained and installed in the life of our church, we would like to ask you these questions as you respond to God's call. Do you trust in Jesus Christ your savior, acknowledge him Lord of all and head of the church and through him believe in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, do you? Do you accept the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be by the Holy Spirit the unique and authoritative witness to Jesus Christ and the church universal and God's word to you? Do you? Do you sincerely receive and adopt the essential tenets of the Reformed faith as expressed in the confessions of our church as authentic and reliable expositions of what scripture leads us to believe and do? And will you be instructed and led by those confessions as you lead the people of God? Do you and will you? Will you fulfill your office in obedience to Jesus Christ under the authority of scripture and be continually guided by our confessions, will you? Will you be governed by our church's polity and will you abide by its discipline? Will you be a friend among your colleagues in ministry, working with them subject to the ordering of God's word and spirit, will you? Will you in your own life seek to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, love your neighbors and work for the reconciliation of the world, will you? And do you promise to further the peace, unity, and purity of the church, do you? And will you seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? And to those of you who are being ordained as elders, will you be a faithful elder watching over the people, providing for their worship, nurture, and service? And will you share in government and discipline, serving in governing bodies of the church, And in your ministry, will you try to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ? Will you?
1: Now to the deacons only. Will you be a faithful deacon, teaching charity, urging concern, and directing the people's help to the friendless and those in need? In your ministry, will you try to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ? Will you?
0: of this congregation accept these elders and deacons chosen by God through the voice of this congregation to lead us in the way of Jesus Christ, do you? I do. And do you agree to encourage them to respect their decisions and to follow as they guide us serving Jesus Christ who alone is head of the church, do you? I do. With those affirmative responses to those questions, we are grateful for the opportunity to lay our hands upon you as you take on this office uh, guided by the Holy Spirit. So I invite any of you who are elected elders and deacons, former elected elders and deacons to come forward so that we can lay hands upon these good people. And for those of you who can, you're willing, we're happy to have you kneel, but those of you who would just prefer to stand, that's okay too, but we can gather around you and pray for you. Let us pray. Gracious and eternal God, we rejoice, O Lord, that you are a calling God, that you yearn for us to be in ministry with you. You yearn for us to be agents of reconciliation. You yearn for us to be vessels of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, O Lord, that you have called these good people into this very unique and special service as ordained officers within this church. We thank you, O Lord, that you have already empowered them with your Holy Spirit. We rejoice, O Lord, that you have given them very particular gifts. And we thank you, O Lord, that you have given us a gospel to share, the good news of Jesus Christ, to be released into the world via our yearning to serve you and our passion to share the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. So Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will come upon these leaders, We are grateful for their gift of leadership. We are grateful for their wisdom. We are grateful for their passion for our mission of equipping disciples for the service of Christ. And we pray, O Lord, that you will help them to realize that they are not a power unto themselves, but they are ones who receive power from above through your Holy Spirit. And we ask, O Lord, that they may walk humbly with you, that they would seek justice and love mercy, and that in all that they do, they may be a reflection of the grace of Jesus Christ, and that we as a congregation will follow them only as we see them follow Jesus, and that we may together as the community of faith be a beacon of light upon the hill, that all may come to know that God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. All this we pray in the powerful name of Jesus who taught us all to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let us now continue our worship through the presentation of our tithes and gifts and offerings. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ our Lord. And this church stands as an example of Christian unity, bringing people together in worship, in fellowship, and in service.
3: Today, we reaffirm our commitment to carry God's love in our community and into the world around us.
0: Let us pray O oh, gracious Savior who has mercifully redeemed us and loves us may we yield to you our wills our works and our gifts thanking you for what you've done for us and praying that these will come to bless others in your kingdom and we pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus amen you may be seated And now we're gonna ask the children to come forward and meet with Lori.
4: You had some competition today, Maddie, right here. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? Okay, yeah, good, 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 good. So I'm gonna break one of my own cardinal rules. I'm going to ask you guys a question. I really don't know the answer. I'm gonna ask it anyway. Does anybody eat Campbell's soup, (laughs) wow, that's what I, this was like a staple when I was growing up and I thought this morning, like, I don't even know if anybody eats this anymore. So this was really one of my favorite soups. It's kind of a vegetable soup, but here's the best part, like the carrots and the green beans and the peas, you couldn't really taste them, but the pasta that was in it was like in little letters so it's like chicken alphabet soup and then you could kind of play with your food you're like i never got to play with my food but you could play with your food you could kind of try to make words on your spoon and it was like so so great you guys should try it sometime but it reminded me of our bible lesson today because we're in first corinthians and paul is writing to these churches in corinth and guess what they're doing they're arguing with each other they're complaining they're fighting and paul goes whoa friends We're the church, we follow the same Jesus. We shouldn't be fighting. We should be working together for the same purpose. So think about this soup again. It would be like if the letter A said, I don't really like the letter B. Or if the letter M said, I am not getting in that pot if the letter P is in there, if you know what I mean. Or like the letter D goes, Did you see what Z looked like? They're kind of funny. I am not getting in that same place with them. Can you imagine if you were the chef and you were trying to make this delicious meal and you had all that conflict going on, you could never get your main purpose done, which is to make this delicious, not tasting like vegetable soup that you can play with. So the Bible teaches us we got to try to get along with each other, and as Christians, we've got one main purpose. And I wonder, what do you think one of our main purposes is as Christians? We would do this to our neighbor. Starts with a letter L. I'll wait for it. <laughs> Moxie love love excellent letters l-o-v-e so sweet sweet enough to eat let's pray gracious god we thank you first for loving us so much and second lord we ask that you would help us to get along with others so that we not only show your love we share your love amen
0: The scripture this morning comes from two letters in the New Testament. The first, the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, the first chapter beginning at the 10th verse. Hear the word of God. Now, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. And what I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except for Crispus and Gaius so that none of you can say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanas. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel and not with eloquent wisdom so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. The message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Our second lesson is from the letter of Paul to the Colossians, the first chapter beginning at the 15th verse. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him, all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace The blood of his cross. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name. Amen. I suppose I am one of the lucky ones who gets to say that I got to grow up during the time of the Beatles. I date myself. Born four or five years before the formation of the Fab Four, I can remember the early Beatles songs emanating from the car and transistor radios of my family. Help I Need Someone, Love Love Me Do. I want to hold your hand and from there I go, to lis- go on to listen to the Beatles throughout my years, those seven years of the Beatles as they released one after the other billboard top 10 songs. I'm sure I was sitting in the living room when Ed Sullivan introduced them to America. I got to listen over the years to my father's commentary on the Beatles as well as to the family debate concerning the accuracy and or truth of John Lennon's claim that the Beatles were more popular than Jesus Christ. I'm glad to say that I was around with these four guys from Liverpool when they were making musical history. All the time we probably did not appreciate the musical union and mystical union of these artists. Something happened when these four men came together and wrote and performed, something that could not have happened had they not come together, excuse the phrase. And so when the Beatles decided to split up in 1970, a pall fell across the musical world because everyone knew that it was the end of an era. Nothing like this would ever happen again. And so for the following 10 years, the predominant question was, would the Beatles ever get back together? It was a question born out of not just a sense of nostalgia, but also out of a sense that many held that the Beatles were better together than they were apart. There was something bigger than themselves that took over when they were together than when they were apart. Something mystically creative and transcendent occurred in their union. And so when John John Lennon fell to an assassin's bullet, so fell the hope of experiencing this mystical union again. It It would never be the same. When the great minds and visionaries of the American experiment assembled in the summer of 1776 to consider and then sign Thomas Jefferson's seminal document of democracy, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. This claim against the British monarchy, one of the superpowers of the world, it was purported that Benjamin Franklin, as he stood over that document preparing to sign, said we must all hang together or assuredly, we shall all hang separately. What Franklin said is in fact, if in fact he said it, was not only practically true, the founders of, their, of our country had put themselves at great risk and their only hope for success was in their bond, it also, I believe, points to a deep and abiding spiritual truth embedded in the nature of our humanity. E pluribus unum are the words indelibly imprinted upon our country's currency and seal, out of many, one, out of many, one. Dare I suggest though that Franklin and Jefferson and Washington's great effort toward unity and equality and community was not the first experiment in such matters. For us, the flag in that corner is superseded, isn't it, by the flag over in that corner that bears the same colors. For the flag in that corner points us to an even more seminal moment in human history when the New Testament church was born with the vision that all are one in Christ. All are one in Christ and that in Christ, All are one. He is the image of the invisible God, so we read in the letter to the Colossians, the firstborn of all creation, and in him all things hold together. For in him, it continues, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things. In him all things hold together, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, not some things, all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace by the blood of his cross. You see, something's going on here for there seems to be this current that flows from the beginning of the New Testament to the end that would want to point us to something fundamental about our existence on this earth, and that is we experience the fullest expression of our spiritual existence when we embrace our oneness. Out of many, one, not out of many, many, but out of many, one, that in Christ all things hold together, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things. You see, there's something greater than ourselves as being manifested when we are together. The sum is not equal to the parts. The sum is not even the same as the parts. The sum is what brings the parts together. C.S. Lewis in his great book, The Four Loves, speaks from his own experience about friendship and the the deep bond that he found in his weekly gathering of colleagues called the Inklings. And he marveled at how random it can sometimes seem that friends can find each other from a variety of backgrounds, from a variety of choices and careers that they've made, and somehow glom together and experience this intimate communion. And then he goes on to say this, but for a Christian, there are strictly speaking no chances. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to the disciples, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, can truly say to every group of Christian friends, you have not chosen one another, I have chosen you for one another. I have chosen you for one another. I got chosen a couple of weeks ago. I got chosen to serve on a federal jury up in Tampa for a week. (laughs) Me and seven others, complete strangers, spit out by the computer and herded into the courtroom, examined by judge and attorneys, and somehow, for some reason, got chosen, eight of us to enact justice. And our mission was to reach a unanimous verdict on the case before us. Unanimous. Not a majority. Unanimous. Eight very different people with all sorts of backgrounds and opinions and political persuasions, but out of many, one. One verdict. And for five days we listened to testimony and eventually commiserated, all with the sense that, like it or not, we have been chosen for one another, and that we have been chosen for something bigger than ourselves, that the sum was greater than the parts. A higher principle was at stake. Justice was being sought. And we didn't have the option to excuse ourselves. We didn't have the option to walk out of the room. We didn't even have the option to be a minority. We had to remain until we were one. And after some time, we, though we began with disagreement, became one. Not everybody felt exactly the same way, but in the end, we were one. Something extraordinary Miraculous, mysterious, and world-changing happens when human beings in their togetherness surrender themselves to something larger than themselves. Beautiful music happens. The founding of a nation happens. The enactment of justice happens. Irreplaceable friendship happens. So when the Apostle Paul writes his letter to the church at Corinth, hardly a few sentences into his letter, he addresses the age-old problem of people picking sides. People trying to make the case that out of one, there are many. Jurors in a courtroom who are digging in their heels and saying, it's either my way or the highway. I like the gospel as taught by Apollos. I like the gospel as taught by Peter. I like the gospel as taught by Paul. And you can imagine that they were already starting to meet in separate houses on other parts of the town, ta- in other parts of the town, thinking that each of them had some complete handle on the truth. And when temptation there must have been even for Paul because one of those factions had his name on it. A caucus had formed around him. Think of where he could take this the gospel according to moi. He could write books and appear on television and name his ministry, Apostle Paul Ministries. Later, what we will read in this amazing letter is Paul telling the Corinthians that they are not a random collection of people to be pulled apart by the first disagreement, but they have been chosen by God to be the body of Christ, the body of of Christ not the committee of Christ not the loose association of Christ the organic body where the foot cannot say to the hand I have no need of you nor can the ear say to the eye I have no I have no need of you Paul says oh no 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 that would mean it's not a body <laughs> you are the body of Christ, he says, because the truth is all are one in Christ and in Christ all are one. And the church gets to be the living out of that for the whole world to see. God has chosen us, not against the world, no, 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 no. God has chosen us for the world to see the mystical reality of what it means to be one. You remember I'm sure the story of Solomon when he's approached by those two women and one baby and the two women attest to being the mother of the one baby and each presents her case unconvincingly and it is the wisdom of Solomon to take his sword and to prepare to divide the baby in two and it's the real mother who is revealed when she realizes that the body and the life of the child are more important than her claim upon it. That it's less important that the body is with her than it is for the body to remain whole. A friend of mine sent to me this story the other day. The other day I saw this guy on a bridge about to jump. I said, Don't do it. He said well, nobody loves me. I said, well, God loves you. Do you believe in God? I, he said yes. I said, well are you a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim? He said I'm a Christian. I said, Me too. Protestant or Catholic? He said, Protestant. I said, Well, me too. What denomination? He said Baptist. I said, Me too. Northern Baptist or Southern Baptist? He said, Northern Baptist. I said, Me too. Northern Conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist? He said, Me too. He said, Northern Conservative Baptist. I said Me too. Northern Conservative Baptist, Great Lakes region or Northern Conservative Baptist Eastern region? He said, Northern Conservative Baptist, Great Lakes region. I said, said, me too, Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1879, or Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. He said, Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. I said, die, heretic, and pushed him off the bridge. (laughs) Presbyterians are not immune to that story. At last count, we have within the U.S. 28 Presbyterian denominations, which is so strange because we Presbyterians are so vehemently Trinitarian. It is embedded in what we recite every Sunday, When we recite the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God is three in one out of many one. And it is deeper than that for it is the very nature of God, right, to be in relationship. The relationship of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. The dance of the Trinity as some have called it. And it is the very nature of God to sweep us up into that dance. This is the church though those, those we have been chosen, have we not, to show the world what it makes for the world to go round, And how silly if any of us would approach that dance floor and say, well I don't want to dance with him well, I don't want to dance with her. How silly would that be? For in him all things hold together, and through him all things are reconciled. The music is better when we are together. The body's only chance to live is when we surrender our claim. For we are one in Christ, and in Christ all are one.